Uh, before Pastor Hank asked me to do this, there had been a, um, uh, one particular scripture that I had uh, heard in a, um, uh, it was a, I, I would guess it would be more of a speaking, not a sermon, but it's just something that stuck with me. Um, this, the scripture is Isaiah 22, 22. And it was pretty amazing, the story the gentleman gave about what, uh, uh, there was all kind of things, that, but we're not going to get into that. But what I wanted to share with you today is I just wanted to encourage you, um, you know, uh, give you hope this morning. Uh, throughout uh, studying this, and then the best way I know to study it is really help me open my eyes to some different things. As I speak to you, I speak to myself. Um, and I'm just hoping you get something out of it and uh, don't realize what a uh, horrible Christian I am. But no, Isaiah 22, 22 says, um, let me find it here. Guys, I'm a little nervous here. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. Then he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. When I first read this, um, I actually shared this scripture with uh, Pastor Rhonda um, over the phone, but when I shared it with her, and my first thinking was this, the keys represented promises. Uh, promises that have been given to us. I, ch church, guys, I believe that there are promises that have been given to us that were given to us when we didn't even know. I believe there was promises given to me as I was knit in my mother's womb that God has given me, and whether I have walked, veered, backed up, whichever way, gotten stuck in the mud, whatever, they are still brewing, and they're still there, and they're still there for us to grasp. The funny thing is, is you can look at it as promises, then I started looking at it as keys, and the funny thing was at 2.30 this morning, I woke up, and I don't know, guys, I don't dream. I, I either sleep or I don't sleep but I woke up and Garrett were at the house and I had the kids this weekend and Garrett's beside me and I try not to wake the kids and I just jumped up all of a sudden and grabbed my pen and paper and I have a little light over the bed and it's so bright it blinds you anyways long story short and I was I had to write down and what I wrote down was keys that don't work and what that represent of me waking is that it reminded me now you take a key to get made and they have this computerized system and you're pretty much guaranteed to get a good key. But back in the day, when I would go get a key made, there was several times and there was a particular house that, uh, that we were renting or me and Stacy owned or whatever that I uh, needed a key made. But it was one of those things where I got the key made, gave it back to them and had my new key. And by God, if I didn't go to the door and it did not open it. And I was like, Lord of mercy, I got myself in one now. And that's, we have keys that we have made ourselves to try to open doors that were not made for us to open. Church, I have opened doors or tried to pry open doors or kick doors in that were not for me to open. And I look back now after 40 years and I think, you were so ignorant. The time... The people you have missed, the blessings that you have just walked beyond, and where would you be now if we would have just took a hold of those things, grabbed the right keys, and did what we needed to do? But the funny thing about keys, and I have a set in my pocket, 
And these go to the truck and a few other things, and I could toss them over there to my son, and I could say, I want you to take the truck, and I want you to go get a few things. And when I throw them to him those keys, I am trusting him that he will do the right thing, that he will not wreck the truck, God forbid, that he will go the places I told him to go and get the things that I told him to get. So the funny thing is, is I, for some reason, and I was actually sitting by there, and I could have just left. I could have walked up here and said, thank you for the opportunity, I'm good, and walked out the door this, the way the anointing fell. I, some stuff started melting off me this morning, and I was just good to go. I didn't feel like I needed to even come up here. <laughs> but the one thing, word that I have had dealings with is trust, and I don't know why. Um, I think it was because of when I was younger. Uh, my dad has three brothers. We all kind of worked in the set tank business. They were pretty hard men. I can remember when my dad, when I was younger, my dad said, son, we eat nails for breakfast, you know. And so you just had to be tough. So I guess I always had this thinking, this mindset of if I'm going to get something, I got to work hard to get it, and I got to get it myself. So my trust level with God was very poor. So the other day I was driving down the road, and it was almost as he just gave me a right hook right in the mouth, and he says, before you can trust me, I have to trust you. You have to be trustworthy. You complain about trusting me, but yet I cannot trust you. So if I cannot trust Garrett with those keys, do you think I'm going to give him those keys to those doors? No. Absolutely not. And I don't mean to say that mean, guys. It is not for me to poke, but I'm poking at my own self. I don't want to be in God's will if I'm not doing the things that needs to be done. I don't want to be brought up in a situation or be one of those kind of kids that had a silver spoon in his mouth the whole time, being given things and taking advantage of things and not knowing the precious gift that's been given and who has given it. Also, we talked we talk about trust, and I want to, we was watching a movie at the house and it was to, the movie, I can't even remember what the movie was about, but the word, no, it wasn't a movie, it was American Idol. And the girl sang the song, You Put a Spell on Me. And I don't know what clicked in my head, and I just had a thought, and I had to write it down. But what I mean by spell is not a magical spell or an angelical spell. The word, what I mean by spell is a period of time. God, we can say... You have good keys and you have bad keys, just like the bad keys I said earlier. Our, um, our lack of determination, our lack of um, uh, the way we look at ourselves in the mirror, the way we think other people see us, or whatever it might be. The bad, but the bad things that, that constantly keep us in a spot where we cannot get where we need to get. But church, they're only for a spell. A spell does not mean day to day. You can say, well... I work in my yard for a spell in my garden. It doesn't mean you work all day. It just means you spend a little bit of time. God's saying that this is only going to last a spell. It's only going to be a short period of time, but the time that it lasts is the time that you choose it to be. I can choose to work 10 hours in my garden and get 10 hours each week or every day and get the best fruit and uh, produce the best fruit that, because I put in the time. Church, we keep putting in time and time into this, and the spell is going to become shorter and shorter because it's just we're pulling the most precious fruit off. 
We're being rewarded for the time that we've put into it. There was a saying that I put down, that I had written down, is let your, let your faith run ahead of your mind. Don't stay in the past. Don't stay on the... It's, not going, to, it's going to slow you down. I can remember when I was younger, I was uh, getting into this business and things. It was, uh, I found now that I don't quite have the uh, determination or tenacity that I did when I was younger. But when I was younger, I hoped and I dreamed. And those are what drove me. This is what kept me going. It would keep me up at night. And as I got married, the kids would keep me up at night. My hopes and dreams didn't keep me up at night anymore. But what I'm saying, but what I mean is, is we are losing that. Church, we have been beaten down. You know, in a verse, right quick, uh, let me hold this, and I want to turn to Revelations. I was going to wait till last to do this, but here we go. Uh, Revelations um, 3, verse 7 and 9 through 10 says, I'm not sure where I'll stop here, but it says, here we go, it's uh, going to be verse 9. It says, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my word of patience. I also will keep, the hour, keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the entire world to test those who dwell on the earth. Okay, I am tired of kneeling and I am tired of giving into my past. It is time for our past to start giving and to start kneeling at our feet. The problems that you see, guys, and I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care if it's my work truck that gives me fits half the time. I've got the state of Georgia on my rear and wanting this test, this test, want me to jump through hoops. But you know what? The state of Georgia can bow at my feet because I will go to this the way that God asked me to go with this. I will go with this in honor and in truth and in everything that I know to do. I am tired of it being the other way around. Let their knees get beat up and raw. Mine are, I don't even want to get on them anymore. You know, I just do the little crouching thing. You know, how do I, it's becoming more difficult to get off off my knees at the time. Well, we do have some older people in here. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> In closing of the, the keys and all, we have closed our own doors, our doubts, and our fears. We have just completely closed our own doors. I read some scriptures about fear. Um, and I tried to, uh, when I was younger, my fear of the Lord was kind of like my fear of my father when he got home from work and I did something stupid. I was like, oh, God, he just pulled in the driveway. You know, you go to the bathroom, pat a bunch of toilet paper in your rear end, you know, get ready. That's not the way I fear God anymore. I fear uh, God in a way of, of not doing what he asked me to do. Scared to death, not so much for my own self, but who I may, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Who in my path? who in my future or who right now, maybe be my kids, 
that I may not be that blessing to them. And it's not being, you may look at it and I may see it kind of like a people pleaser kind of thing. It's not that. It's not that for me. I just want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to be, you know, it's not that I want to be up here. I don't care what level I'm at, just as long as I'm in the game. You know, I've, I've started noticing, uh, I don't know if everybody can see my right leg, but I worked in out of town for the longest time. I've been home since 1st of June, and God started dealing with some different things. So I take this right foot, and I go like that. I, I didn't even know I was doing it. And I, the other Sunday, I caught myself, and I thought, Josh, two things need to happen. You know, you're going to have to start moving around the church because you're going to raw spots in the carpet. <laughs> but it reminded me of when I played baseball. For some reason, I just favored baseball. I enjoyed baseball. But I would pitch, and uh, then when I hit, it was always my right leg. I would dig in, dig in. I knew if I could get that right foot in there, this is where my power came from was my right leg. This is where my stability came from. This is where the foundation came from was my right leg. I can't find a scripture on your right leg digging in the dirt or anything like that. So I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go with what God has dealt with me. But when I set that right foot, whether I was throwing the ball or the ball was being pitched to me, I just needed one opportunity. I needed one door that I could get that right foot in. I become stubborn, and I want to try to pry into my doors, and God says, I'm going to place the key on your shoulder. The keys to the things that you thought you had forgotten about. The keys to the things that uh, you don't believe you're worthy for anymore. Church are not house keys. They're not keys to your car. They're not keys to the, I don't even know what, it, I mean, I know what a safety deposit box is, but I don't have one. So if you have one, they're not the keys to that either. <laughs> if I was to keep things in there, I think I'd keep Tic Tacs in there just so I could go in the bank and get one out every week just to say I got something. But they're not those keys. I want keys that sustain not me. My children and my children's generation. You, your children's and your children's generation. Not just for me. I'm, I am expecting things to change in my life, but I am beyond seeing things for what. If I could just find me a decent little comfortable place and a few little jobs to keep me busy during the week, I'm sustained. Because it's not that my days run out, and I'm not looking at it that way, but Church, I just want something. I want to see the future. There was things that I used to want to see when I was younger at a young age, uh, like Bailey's age and a little bit of older, uh, Angel's Bailey, that I, I heard the stories of the old, and I heard stories, and I think, God, I'd love to see those things. And then uh, when, as I got older and we moved to Cleveland, I started seeing God move. I seen God move in this ministry. I seen him move up the street, and I seen him move in mighty ways that I'd never seen him before. They used to think about and dream about and hope for. Well, those are my same hopes and my dreams for my kids. I want to see things that, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, my father grew up poor, and he wanted better for us. And it's not that I want those kind of better things for my children, and they're great. But I can spoil them rotten, and they just think they should live up here, and they uh, just live right out of sight of God's, not so much God's means, but out of 
Thank you. I'm getting dry in my mouth here. I'm not saying that they would live out of his will, but you know how it is when you've been given everything, you expect things. I want them to work on their relationship with God. I, you know, it's like me, uh, it would be, uh, they ask me, let's do devotion. And I say, okay, which one? They say, no, you, Daddy, you search for a scripture. No, you search for the scriptures. You know, it's the preacher's job to, or the minister's job, uh, or, you know, Pastor Hank, Pastor Ron's job to deliver a word, but it's for us to go back behind them and seek the, the right. truth, seek the promises, and seek the keys that was in there that's going to keep us fulfilled through that week. You, we can't, they can't come to our house every week. You know, it would be a blessing. And I imagine they would if I offered to feed them every, every day, you know. But it's not their job. In Job uh, 12, 14, and I'm going to close on this one. It says, surely he tears down and it cannot be built again. He imprisons a man, and there cannot be, can be no release. Church, we've put him in a box. Not all of us have. I'll say I have. You probably don't, but I have. We have put him in a box. And we'll let him out in certain situations, and then we'll put him back in. There is hope there, and there's a promise there, and those keys are there for us to church. They open any door that we need. I've watched as I was younger through my mother and father how we opened doors that I, I still hear the stories, and I still shake my head. Uh, we take Miss Meese here in the back. I shake my head. Huge door he opened. And how gracefully she just walked in it and got what she needed. This huge door. There's other ones. Guys, I want something. I, I want to I see our lives changed. I want to see this church be, uh, I wasn't here in the past, but I want to see it restored to the things it was. If we got to change the locks in our lives, let's change the locks. It may cost us a little bit of time. It may cost us a little bit of money, but let's change the locks. But this time when we turn the keys over, let's give them to God this time instead of give them to the world. Still give them to our addictions, to our finances, to our job, whatever it may be. Let's do something different this time. All I wanted to do today was just give you a little bit of hope and run my mouth a little bit, I guess. This last story in closing. I may bring up one more story, but that will be it. But one one Wednesday night, uh, a few Wednesday nights ago, um, I was sitting with someone that um, uh, that I knew of. I, you know, I knew she was dealing with some things and whatnot. But I was shooting a bull with her. And being that I worked in North Dakota for so long, it was just cold. I mean, just ridiculous cold, 60 below, wind blowing in your face. And you look for everything to try to keep you warm. It didn't matter what it was. You know, 
paper towels become your best friend at times. You wrap up and all this kind of stuff later. But anyway, she had on this sweatshirt-looking thing, and it had a hole in the sleeve. So you, I didn't know what you put. I asked her what it was. She said, well, you can poke your thumb through it to keep your hands warm. And I thought, man, that's cool. I wish I'd had one of those up there. I may have looked silly, but at least my hands would have been warm. And she had made the statement, and she said, uh, I like it because it covers my tattoos. She had a few on her hand. And I thought, well, I didn't even notice it. It didn't even bother me none. And I didn't ever said anything, and I was pondering on this, and I don't know why it popped in my head again, but I was pondering on it, and I said, you know, I said, those tattoos are a story. People spend good money to go to, um, uh, what do you call those places? They sell fine art. Uh, we'll just call them picture houses. <laughs> they go to picture houses, look at all this expensive art. And these people have painted these ridiculous-looking pictures, and they're selling for millions of dollars. And suppose it's supposed to be their story. And you know those saying about reading in between the lines, you're actually looking in between the lines and say, I see no story. But to her, I would say, and to you, I would say, let's quit living our story. And let's start living our life the way God intended it. Your story will keep you held back. Your story will keep you locked down. It will put you in places that you'll come bind up again. And yet you cannot see your find or see your way out. So, my God, let's quit living our story and start living the lives that God has intended for us. And it comes from a determination. And while I say determination, and Pastor Hank, I promise I am closing with this. I know. Well, I, I like even numbers, so we'll go with four. I would love to give an illustration, but I'm not. Anybody ever heard of the game Red Rover, Red Rover? Well, I was pondering on it, and I don't know why it came to my mind. But it did, and it's just the way I think, and y'all can make fun if you want to. You lock hands with a line or a person, and you say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Todd right over, and he does his best to break through the chain, break through the link. Correct? That's the game I played. Okay, it was the same game. So God said, uh, this is just me and him talking. And he said, Josh, he said, uh, he said, if your determination would be meet my determination, meaning we lock in together, is there anything that you might not be able to overcome or that might overcome you? So I pondered on that, and I said, well, I don't reckon so. And he put into my mind, Red Rover, Red Rover. And he says, uh, when you take your hand and you lock into mine and your determination meets my determination, when alcoholism runs over, it will not break our chain. It will not break our line. When financial situations come about, it will not break our chains. It will not break our line. When divorce comes about, it will not break our chains. It will not break our line. When a child falls to alcoholism, it will not break our chain. It will not break our line. 
So when your determination meets God's determination, there is not a boss that stands on this earth that you have to bow down to. There is not a situation that will overcome you, that you cannot overcome. So I say to you today, lock in determination, and I say send it all over. You open gates, you open the gates of hell, and you send it all over. You put back the determination, you put back the strength that you gave me, and you send it all over. And I want to see it with my own eyes. And I want my children to say, my father beat it, my mother beat it. My grandparents beat it. My preacher beat it. Does everyone beat it? We are not here to stand on our own. Be determined with your husbands and your wives that the mistakes and the stupidity, the mistakes and the stupid things that we have done will not break our marriage, will not break the chain. Be determined. Find like-minded people. People that will stir you up. It would be good if I had a closing thought, but I don't. And that was one thing I didn't practice. I don't do this very often, so y'all got to cut me a little slack. Church, I love you. I want God to do things, not for just us, for outside these doors, outside of our glass houses. I want to watch him move. I want to thank the people and my parents and the people that's been a part of my life that they have shown me a way and I just thank you for this opportunity and I hope and pray that uh, that I've done something or said something to touch you Pastor Hank from the heart